Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Buenos Welcome to the latest edition of ESPN FC. I'm Dan Thomas of Cozy today. Just me and you, Shaka. Keep it moving, Daddy. You're making me uncomfortable. Oh, and last thing I want to do, uh, we'll kick things off in the Copa del Rey quarterfinal. Atletico Madrid take on Sevilla. Memphis Depay would come off the bench and score the only goal of the game in the 79th minute. Controversy late on as Lamella looked like it was brought down in the box. A referee would point to the spot, give the penalty. However, the VAR operator would send it to the monitor. His mind would then be changed. No penalty. Atletico Madrid won, win 1-0 and are through to the next round. Right then, Sid Lowe is at the game. Don Hutchinson we've brought in as well, just to get his opinion on that penalty decision. But let's start off with you, with you, Sid. How angry are Sevilla? Pretty angry, but there wasn't a huge amount of response post-game because on the way uh, to this game, some, some Sevilla fans uh, passed away in a, in a traffic accident. And so Kike Sanchez Flores, the Sevilla coach, at the end of the game said he didn't want to talk. He didn't want to talk about the game. He just wanted to say that he was sorry to, to the families of those involved and therefore didn't talk about it. So we've not had, if you like, that kind of act out um, kind of that outpouring of anger. Um, I think that may well happen in the next few days. Markel did speak to the TV at the end of the game and he said he didn't want to talk, but for different reasons. He said, if I do talk, I'll end up getting banned for three or four months. And so it's best not to say anything. Uh, what does Semioni have to say, Sid? Did he address it at all? No, not really. He, what he did, um, Simeone, was that he addressed the the move that led to the penalty, or the potential penalty, which was then taken away. He didn't actually address whether or not he thought it was the right decision. He, he talked about Pablo Barrios, who, who of course got himself tied in a little bit of a corner, tried to turn away from pressure, and ended up giving the ball away, and then trying to chase to make up for his mistake, gave the penalty away. And Simeone post-game, he said, sometimes when you're a young player, you think it looks a little bit ugly to just boot the ball into the crowd. <laughs> but then with age, you learn that sometimes it's the right thing to do, and he will learn that. Right then, Don, we've brought you off the bench for this specific play. <laughs> what do you say? I'm saying penalty, but my word, Don, Are I have to see it and look at it about five times. I thought it was an initial touch on the ball, but Lamella's been really cute. If you're Lamella, what you're trying to do there is you're trying to just nick it ahead of the defender. Defender's then got to try and stay on your feet. He's lunging in. The defender's off balance. It's one of them where I think for VAR and I think for the referee, it's a bit of a nightmare. But if I was if I was calling that, I would have said it a penalty. I think Lamella just gets there first. It's that final angle that we saw there, Shaq, yeah. where it looks like he does indeed touch the ball, but does he take Lamella out in doing so? And that's a big question. From from one angle, it doesn't look like he, he catches the ball. From 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 the second, I thought he did. Um, and then when you look at when you look at Lamella and the ball that the angle that the ball leaves his his foot out of, if you want to call it that. I'm not sure he's intended it as a pass. He had a man square of him. I'm not sure he's intended to, to pass. So I feel that it's, it's Barrios who gets who gets the touch. And so I'm, I'm siding with no penalty, um, but only just. Is it enough? Is it to overturn? And, and, and that's the thing. And this is, one of the, this is one of the topics that we had over the weekend, particularly with the, with the Real Madrid with the Real Madrid game, where 
referee makes a call and then even on review, is it conclusive enough to overturn that, that call on the field? Um, that part I'm, I'm not sure on. Where is the common sense in Spain? Hernandez Hernandez has been under the spotlight a lot over the last few days. As Shaka said, he was the VAR operator, of course, uh, that got involved in so many of those Real Madrid incidents. Why not just keep him out of the spotlight for a little bit and let things calm down instead of putting him in charge of a quarterfinal, a couple of quarterfinal? Yeah, no, that exact question has been asked, and it was asked before tonight's game. Um, the decision was made in advance, so the decision was made before the, the Real Madrid game at the weekend that he would also be in the VAR room for tonight's Copa del Rey uh, game. So I suppose the decision was made that, look, we've chosen this now. He is in line. If we take him out, it looks like a punishment. I think that's part of the problem, isn't it? It looks like a punishment rather than like, a, uh, if you like, an, an act, as you say, of, of protecting him, of taking him out of the limelight, of taking him away from the pressure and saying, OK, just sit this one out. If you do that, everybody will say, oh, it's because he's been punished and that's not the, the, the impression that they want to give. But you're right, um, given everything that happened at the weekend and given the fact as well, I think that the implication of what happened at the weekend in part was that it partly happened because of the pressure that's been applied to Hernando Fernandez. And he gave an interview, I think it was in Saudi Arabia before the Super Cup, saying that, look, you know, referees are, are humans and we are um, subjected to a lot of pressure. And at times that can impact not necessarily the way that you referee but the way that you feel about how you referee and perhaps at some sub subconscious level the the kind of the ideas that you have and, and the, the way that you respond to certain moments in the game but you're right that question that you've asked is one that was asked before tonight and I have no doubt it will continue to be asked after tonight. Sid obviously clear and obvious is thrown around a lot you look at that and there's no conclusive evidence one way or the other is clear and obvious interpreted differently in Spain? <laughs> claro y manifiesto, claro y manifiesto, and it, it just doesn't. It, it, it's the same, and the same as everywhere else. I think, in a way, this is kind of inevitable, isn't it? That that you can start with this idea that says, okay. VAR won't intervene very often. It will only be for the really, really clear things. But of course, everybody's, and, and, and here comes the sort of, I don't know, the play on words, if you like. Everybody's idea of what clear is, isn't clear. We'll have a different yeah. idea of where we think the boundary is for, for what's clear and obvious, where we think obvious starts and, and borderline starts. And, and I think as well, it was inevitable, wasn't it? That even if you start with this idea that says, you know, VAR won't be used very often. I remember reading a, a couple of weeks ago, uh, a piece of kind of pre-VAR material from before the VAR system came in, it said, you know, we only anticipate that VAR will be referred to three or four times every weekend across all of the games in the first division. And, you know, we, we're getting two, three, four, five, six times that now. But I suppose it's inevitable, isn't it, that once you've got the tool there, even if your starting point is we're not going to use it, how do you not use that tool if it's there? And, of course, if you start getting these borderline decisions that some people think are clear and some people aren't, and you don't use VAR, then people will start saying, well, why aren't we using it more? And I think in a way that's part of the problem is that we're never, fundamentally, we're never going to be satisfied. So we're always going to say it's too much or we're going to say it's not enough. And uh, I must admit, you know, this is a personal opinion. My answer to this, to this question is just get rid of it then. And then we don't have these debates. Yeah, I know. But if anyone follows you on Twitter, know that you're a little bit old school, said shouting at clouds these days. You've got to that stage of your life. Uh, Absolutely, I have. Uh, meanwhile, Don, uh, how do you stop slipping when you take a penalty? You can't, Dan. You can't. It's one of them things that happen every now and again. It's, it's not impossible. You don't know it's coming. You've got total confidence in yourself when you take the penalty. You've got no idea. You've got no idea. I mean... It's not, a t it's, not a, it's not a technical thing. It's not something that you can 
you know, you, you can sort of go away from and say, well, his footwork was a little bit too close to each other. His standing foot just give way. Listen, if, you, if you're going to pick any holes, then go for eight or nine shiny studs instead of the moles that the players use these days. But it's, it's, it's so unfortunate. There's nothing you can do. Sid, we've seen some cracking quarterfinals, haven't we? This one probably uh, the worst of the four, but Atleti won't care. No, they won't care. And I don't know if you saw the reaction at full time. Diego Simeone running up the touchline, um, running up the tunnel, jumping in the air, punching the air. Really, really pleased. The players did a, did a lap of honour at full time as well. So, yeah, they won't care. And I think they partly won't care, by the way, because this was a game that obviously Atletico Madrid were favourites. We've seen how poorly Sevilla have played all season. I thought for the first half an hour or so, maybe a little bit more, I thought, well, there's no way that anyone other than Atletico Madrid wins this. But as time went on, and Simeone talked about this post game, he said, as time went on and we hadn't got that goal, and Sevilla started to think actually maybe this could happen they had a couple of chances themselves so I think there was a nervousness and there was that possibility which for the first maybe half an hour even an hour didn't seem like a possibility that actually Atletico might not go through here so so yeah they, they don't really care that it was as you say the the least exciting of the of the three quarter finals uh, thank you very much, Sid. Sid, stay with us. We'll be talking uh, more about La Liga, of course, on tomorrow's show with that semi-final draw. Don, you go away for a moment. Uh, however, Don will be back later. So we'll be looking ahead to those big FA Cup matches, which, of course, we'll be reflecting on, on the next edition of ESPN FC. Ah, oh, Barcelona. 4-2, it ended, of course, in Bilbao after extra time. They're out of the quarterfinals. Knockout, says uh, Sport. Uh, too much, says Mundo Deportivo. Uh, for more on this, Sid stays with us. Uh, Gemma Soler joins us. Uh, Gemma, I just struggle to find any way that Xavi is going to survive this season now. Uh, well, Dan, uh, it's extremely doubtful that he will continue after the end of the season. But um, in the next few days, there's not going to be a, a resign on his own or he's not going to get fired because Barcelona has ahead of them. Um, not easy, but some La Liga games that they should be able to win. I'm talking about Villarreal, Osasuna, Alaves, Celta. And in a month is that extremely complicated tie in the Champions League against Napoli. So Barcelona has got uh, uh, quite uh, near experiences of uh, getting a, a coach fired and this being worse. Uh, I'm going uh, four years ago when Ernesto Valverde, uh, um, the athletic club now coach, he was fired and then Kike Setien arrived. Actually, uh, Bartomeu wanted Xavi, but Xavi was in Qatar. He thought it was too soon for him and that Setien half season was a disaster. Uh, so it's, uh, there is a, a possible uh, substitute in the B team, Rafa Marquez. But if it, that thing doesn't work, then everyone is going to point to the board of members, to President Laporta. So they will try to hold Xavi. Uh, there has been a message of, of calm, of cheering up the, the atmosphere, the locker room, the, the youngster, especially La Mina Mal was uh, destroyed after, after yesterday's game. So, uh, yeah, if you talk about last, next season, uh, I think it's very complicated, very doubtful that Xavi will continue, especially because expectations were very high from the President Laporta. He said that uh, there will be traffic and Xavi himself, uh, he said that there will be trophies and good football and it looks extremely difficult that this is going to happen. City had a lot of money in the bank, didn't he, at the start of the new season? You just win La Liga, you're a Barcelona legend. Do you agree, is there a feeling now that he's run out? 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think you, you can tie that into the things that have been said as well and the way that they've been said. It was very striking listening to Chavi yesterday talk about a new era, talk about the young players, but then very explicitly say something that he didn't need to say, which was to add that this is a really good generation of players coming through. Obviously, this is a team that played with two 16-year-olds at Betis at the weekend that's got lots of talent that's about to, to become more and more of a fixture in the first team, he said. And these guys have a great future, whether or not I'm here. Now, it's not the fact that he said that. It's the fact that he chose to add that when he didn't need to say and this of course comes off the back of his discourse in the previous week when he made the point very explicitly which again he didn't need to that if you don't win at Barcelona you don't continue he didn't need I don't think to publicly link his future to trophies to something as tangible as that to something as, as unarguable as that because of course you could get in a position where you play reasonably well for the rest of the season you compete in the competitions but you don't win anything but Xavi has explicitly said if you don't win things at Barcelona the normal thing is you don't continue and I think what that's done of course is, is, is it kind of effectively set a bar and if you don't reach that bar then you're not going to continue and frankly right now looking at Barcelona of course they, they're out of the Supercopa they've been now just been knocked out of the Copa del Rey none of us truly believe that they're going to win the Champions League there, I think it's uh, eight points behind in, in La Liga. So the chances are they won't win anything. So Xavi will be almost certainly on his way out. Now, as you say, he had a lot of credit in the bank at the start of the season, but I think this year it's been about performances as well as results. It's about the way they play as well as results. And look at these last three games, and, and I don't want to kind of push this too much about just these three games and not look back at the whole season. But these last three games in each of the three competitions that kind of defined what Barcelona can genuinely um, aspire to this year. The game against Girona, which was seen as a big game at the top of the table between two aspirants. Barcelona conceded four goals. The game against Against Real Madrid in the Super Cup. Barcelona conceded four goals and now against Athletic Club in the quarterfinal of the Copa del Rey to knock them out, Barcelona conceded four goals. So it's not just the fact that they're not in those competitions, it's the way it happened. Gemma, of course, Barcelona finished the game. Yeah, they have four teenagers are on the pitch and as much as Xavi is pushing this next generation, it's got to be questions asked because why aren't you bringing someone like Jao Cancelo on with all his experience for the second half at least to try and use that experience to get themselves back into the game? Well, of course, we need to think that it's because of his uh, physicality. He has been uh, struggling lately. I mean, when he arrived, he has been in the starting 11 of every single game, but then he, he, he was uh, struggling. So, so we need to think it was something about his physical uh, condition. I, I mean, he will be playing a lot now because Alejandro Valde, uh, he could go, have to go through surgery and will be out for maybe four months. Um, so, so I think at some point, as Sid mentioned, uh, Xavi said uh, did something that he didn't do until yesterday, and this was talking about his possible departure. And I think that we might be seeing a more brave Xavi now in the starting eleven, trying to at least bring this youngster, this fresh spirit, because uh, with the rest of the players, it didn't work for him. He tried something new this season. Yesterday, he won La Liga, being very pragmatical, very defensive, and playing uh, a different football for Barcelona, who brought him success with a 1-0-1-0-1-0 result. But it was it was okay, because he got back to, to La Liga, and uh, he won the Super, uh, uh, the Super Cup, the Spanish Super Cup, against Real Madrid. He tried something different. He tried something 
something uh, that uh, Barcelona should be playing, that he should be playing when he was a, a Barcelona player, and this is not working for, for him. So maybe now he will try to be more brave, to give more opportunities to this Hector Fon, Marguiu, mm. uh, the, the youngster, Pau Cubarsi, and this, this uh, Laminha Mal, of course, this, this new generation that, as he mentioned, uh, they, they should be bringing a lot of joy to Barcelona, even if he's not in the bench. As an inexperienced coach, Jack, is it easier to deal with youngsters than some of the oh, veterans yeah, absolutely in, in the squad? Because we've heard, of course, yeah. murmurings of Lewandowski not being happy. Uh, absolutely it is. I think one of the most difficult things in Sydney football management is dealing with some of those experienced players who've been there and, and, and done it all. And now you're trying to manage their, their minutes on the park, when, when you rest them, whether they're upset or not. Lewandowski, is, as you all discussed on the show yesterday, brought off early, two games in a row now. And to, to Gemma's point, um, I would love to see Xavi just say, for those experienced players, for those big-name players who, it seems, have been kind of speaking out of turn, certainly behind the scenes, at times in front, in, very much in front of, in front of the cameras, um, and Xavi hasn't been overly enamoured with, just leave them out now. Mm. And just think, I'm, I'm going to give the but young... That's the, that's the one last roll of the dice. That's yeah. the Rude Hull Alan Shearer scenario. Well, he, he, at this point, he's, he's, he's saying, I'm, I'm on my way anyway. Right. I'm, I'm going to be replaced come, come this summer. I think we, we're all in agreement about that. So therefore, I'm going to do exactly what I, what I feel without any of those, um, or, or certainly disregard any of the political pressures or pressures from, from within the dressing room and play the young kids that I want to play and ask them to play the kind of role that I, I know they can. And if, if we lose as a result, well, so be it. But I'm, I'm going to go down my way. Uh, is there any empathy for him from the fans, Sid? Everyone has injury problems. But when you miss someone like Ter Stegen, we know how important Gavi has been. Pedri, of course, out as well for a lot of the season. Uh, and the, and as, as Shaka says, Lewandowski has not been good. Uh, this season, you, know, you can look at Xavi and the way he's dealt with him, or the fact that this is a man that just clearly isn't as committed as you want him to be, that we might just see him roll the dice and the fans might appreciate that. Yeah, I think there's another thing as well when you look at the young players. If, if you're a manager who, who feels like you're in a position where you've got to go because you're not winning anything, then you might start to, to think a little bit about your legacy and about how people look back on you. And of course, if you're, if you are the manager that gives an opportunity to four or five, maybe even six young players who in three or four years time are first team starters, and that's always the thing that you did. So you feel like you've made a contribution beyond winning trophies. So I think that's part of it as well. In terms of, as you say, the, the sympathy for him, I think there's a huge amount of sympathy for him. I think uh, obviously everybody remembers him as a great player. Everybody knows that he's a Barcelona fan through and through, that he came through the youth system, that he played all of his, his, his elite level club career at Barcelona, that he won the World Cup, that he was absolutely everything, and that he's very, very committed to the kind of footballing identity that Barcelona is supposed to express. Of course, begins with Cruyff, goes through Van Gaal into Guardiola, and he's very much a kind of a defender of that of that ideology. Although when you watch the team play, you don't see that ideology. That's part of the problem. So there's lots and lots of criticism of Xavi and lots of doubts about whether he's really as good as they wanted him to be. But I think in terms of uh, a sense of liking him or having sympathy for him. But I think there's a huge amount of that, not just because the older players aren't playing well, but I think there's a recognition that Barcelona are institutionally and economically not in a great place. I think there's an awareness that there's been a degree of, of interference and a, and a disconnect between him and the board and even the president, despite the, the public talk of, of, of a good relationship. So I think there's, there's a lot of um, elements where people say, OK, this is not quite as clear cut as just pointing the finger and saying, bad coach. It's not that simple. 
Who will be the next coach, Gemma? You mentioned, of course, uh, Rafa Marquez. He's doing well with Barca, B. But overall, considering everything that's happened with Xavi, surely you want someone more experienced to come in. Yeah, that's an extremely complicated question because uh, Laporta had uh, some favourites uh, before because let's remember that Xavi was not Laporta's first choice because he was the first choice of the other candidate, uh, Victor Fon. So there were some, some names on the table at, at the point. Uh, uh, Tuchel, there was uh, even uh, some talks about uh, Pochettino, some other experienced coach, but we're talking about a scenario with no money in the bank. So there is no money for uh, signing. Why would you bring a very expensive coach? But it's true that uh, one of the arguments of sacking Xavi is that he has no experience and they need someone like this. At this point, I mean, for me right now, the, the, the second choice, I mean, if they decide to to sack Xavi, the, the second coach would be, of course, Rafa Marquez, because it was an operation made by Laporte. It worked really well in the B team. He has got some experience of bringing the B team to the first team uh, and being successful with uh, Pep Guardiola. So right now, he's the, the big name on the table, even though, as I mentioned, this will not be happening the next week, uh, unless there is a big disaster this, this week and event, uh, against Villarreal, there will be a, a little bit of patience and to see how the team reacts after this another setback. Sid, a big-name manager, not employed at the moment, plenty of experience in La Liga, Jose Mourinho, oh. surely. Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> wouldn't, that, wouldn't that be hilarious? It, it's, it's not going to happen. It's very funny. He was actually in Barcelona at the weekend. And, of course, everybody uh-huh. got very excited about this possibility yeah. that he's in Barcelona. And, and, of course, as well, when it's Jose Mourinho, people tend to be suspicious. Even if he's just there because he wants to be there, there's always a suspicion that says, hang on, is he playing games with us? Is he, is he trying to say something? Is he trying to say to people, look, I'm here, look, look, I could come and be your manager. Um, I'm, I'm sure that at some level he would, he would absolutely love it, but there's just no way that can happen. And if that does happen, you might as well just close up now and pack up and just, and just not carry on anymore. Hey, be good for your appearance, Fee, though, Sid. You've been on every day. That'll be all right. <laughs> Thank you very much, guys. Much appreciated. Just a reminder, La Liga can Just a reminder as well, Shaka said it will be Michel, the Girona manager. That's, who that's, will be the I'm new coach. By that. Uh, it will be assigned over the summer. Uh, for him at the moment, he's looking to bounce back after that defeat in the Copa del Rey. Girona away against Celta Vigo. That is the early game on Sunday. Proceeding that on Saturday, it's Las Palmas against Real Madrid and Barca against Villarreal. All these matches live on ESPN+. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match 
with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It is the Marky Tyson of the fourth round of the FA Cup. Spurs against Manchester City. You don't have to try and sell this match. What a game it should be. City go in as favourites. However, if you take a look at the form book, maybe they shouldn't be. Certainly when it comes to taking on Spurs away from home, it's quite incredible. Five defeats. They've yet to register a single goal. Well, Don is still with us. Don, the every, this is, this, it, you don't even have to sell this game. There are so many reasons to watch it. The main reason be, Dan, is because I think you've got two managers who really want to win the game and really want to perform at the highest level. I love Ange. I love the way he's... Um, sometimes it looks like from the outside he doesn't really care about the end result, which I think is a danger to Guardiola because I think Pep tries to second-guess the tactics of a manager, his style, his philosophy, then sort of the players that play for him. I think with Postacoglu, it's one of them where he's like, nah, mate, he went, we're just going to play football, we're just going to have a good time. We're just going to lose 5-4 and we're just going to win 5-4. So this game, I think for City, along the fact that they haven't scored in the previous five, is a massive danger for them. And even though people might have Man City down as favourites, my hunch is Tottenham win. Really, Don? Yeah. Because of their I record because... at, Spurs, at Spurs' stadium? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, that helps. I mean, it helps that they're at home. If it was at City, I mean, City would be massive favourites. But I just think it's the way that Tottenham play. I think it's their... Their, their gung-ho attitude where, like I said before, they could lose the game 4-3 or win 4-3. I think that's a danger to the way City want to try and control games. I think with Brennan Johnson, if Kulazewski's fit, um, I know Son's away and they've got one or two injuries and one or two lads that are off uh, to the AFCON. I still think they're a very good side. Ben Tanker's in form. Um, I think the way they're playing is a danger. Uh, Madison's back and then Kulazewski's back as well. Yes, you can say, well, on the flip side, you know, there's no Haaland, but there's De Bruyne's back after his performance against Newcastle, which is sensational for the 20 minutes that he played. But I've just got a real feeling that Tottenham at home can take the game to anyone. And with the way they play and the way their intense levels are quite high in the first 30, 45 minutes of the game, I mean, we're looking at some clips of De Bruyne, who was unbelievable when he came on against Newcastle. I mean, completely turned the game around with a goal and this pass for the assist for Oscar Bob, which is, you know, a frightening assist, but even even brilliant footwork from the youngster. I've just got a real feeling that Tottenham at home, the atmosphere will be quite intense, it'll be loud, it'll be colourful, it should be a fantastic game. And as you said, Dan, it's one of these games I don't think you have to sell it, it'll be a fantastic game to watch. Yeah. Without question, I think it's to be a great game. And I agree with Don that Spurs have everything to take this game to Manchester City. And kind of given their, their record, you, 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 just, you just have to wonder. But, but for me, I, I just feel... But, but two things. I, I, City are really getting back to their best. I, I, I thought even when they carved out results in the season, they didn't play that well. All of a sudden now, they, they really are. And De Bruyne being back fit and having the kind of impact that he has. And while it was City's last game, it's, it's 
because of how the, the, the uh, schedule was split. That was two weeks ago. So you expect De Bruyne to, to be able to build on the, what was it, 25 minutes or whatever it is he, he had at St. James's Park, may even, may even start in, in, in this one. And I understand City are trying to ease him back in. I think that's huge, equally as huge, is that South Korea still in, in, in the Asian, Asian Cup. Um, so Spurs have to, again, do without Hyungmin Song. And while I think they've, they've done well so far against United, um, I, I, I just feel that that is, is a big blow against the best team in, in English football, arguably European football. That is where I, I think Spurs um, get, caught, get caught out, get caught a little bit short. I think City win it. Uh, Spurs, of course, drew 2-2, didn't they, against uh, Manchester United. Uh, heading into this game before they have the, the, the break. If you've got ESPN Plus, obviously, and you have the option to watch two games at the same time, it might be good to implement that because for some reason, scheduling reasons, you've got Spurs against City and then you've got Chelsea against Aston Villa, which is another intriguing tie considering where these two team seasons have gone up to now. And you look at it, and Chelsea are favourites at 11 to 10. Meanwhile, Aston Villa, not worth a bet, you'd reckon, surely, at uh, 9 to 4. That looks great value uh, going into this tie. Uh, Chelsea, of course, played just a few days ago. But did they really play, Don? They didn't really have to. You look, take a look at the table. Obviously, Chelsea at 9th in the table. Villa 4th. Uh, Chelsea thrashing Middlesbrough. Wasn't a contest. Over and done with. Uh, in the first half, really. Meanwhile, for Aston Villa, they've had a bit of a break going into this tie. I think it's another game where I think it's, I think, in my opinion, I think Aston Villa are favourites. I mean, Chelsea fans will try and be optimistic that their Premier League form have won three on the spin, although, you know, that was against three lower league sides. I wouldn't be too much into that. Like you said, the Middlesbrough game was a strange one because they'll take a lot of confidence from their win, but Middlesbrough were very, very naive. And I just think the way Unai Emery in a cup competition will have his team drilled. They're one of the best teams in the Premier League. I still look at Chelsea, and even though they've won three on the spin against lower league sides, they'll take a little bit of momentum and confidence. I see a side that can struggle. Not in the Middlesbrough game. They, they were flying in this game. I thought they con Middlesbrough conceded some really soft goals. They were naive in there, playing out from the back. And Chelsea can take hope from a big scoreline. It'll give the players that play confidence. But I just still look at this Chelsea side, and even though they're languishing, I think, in 10th position or close to it, they're a million miles away from where they used to be. And if I'm picking a winner in this game, I'm picking Unai Emery's men. Uh, well, let's just take a look at the predictions then, shall we? Uh, Don going for an Aston Villa victory. I'm also going for a Villa win. What about you, Shaq? I went for a draw. You going replay? Yeah. Yeah. I, I just feel... Um... I, 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 I agree with Don, and despite Chelsea's results, I, I don't think they look anything like anybody expected them to. Um, Spurs themselves have been, have been a little bit up and down, even when they've dominated games at, at times they've just struggled to, to, to finish them off. Um, but I, I continue to, to think that Unai Emery is an outstanding manager and this is a very good Villa team. So while things have been great, I, I, I think they have more than enough to at least um, get a draw at Stamford Bridge and then go back to Villa Park. Uh, so there you have it, Chelsea will win then, <laughs> given all of that. Uh, just a reminder, every single FA Cup tie is live on ESPN+. Plus. Got those two great matches for you on Friday. And then on Saturday, intriguing ties there at Craven Cottage. Fulham taking on at Newcastle. Sunday, Watford, Southampton. Liverpool, then Norwich. And then what about this? Newport County in the fourth tier of English football taking on Manchester United. 
What could go wrong? United fans, <laughs> we all find. And then on Monday to round things up at Ewood Park, it's Blackburn against Wrexham. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Meanwhile, the group stages, of course, are concluding the African Cup of Nations. Oh, there's our man, Colin. How are you, Colin? Hey, how are you doing, guys? Very well, mate. Very well. Let's uh, let's go through, shall we? The 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 bracket, it, and you look at it. Obviously, let's start off with your beloved uh, Nigeria, who are in action against uh, Cameroon. Uh, when we asked you who's going to win this whole tournament, you obviously said Nigeria because that's the way it goes, uh, Colin. But this is one of these standout ties, isn't it, of the knockout stages? Yeah, I think actually this is um, one of the biggest ties in the Africa Cup of Nations, and I think it's the one fixture have been played the most across the Africa Cup of Nations. Cameroon's, three of Cameroon's five Africa Cup of Nations titles were won against Nigeria. And in recent years, and I mean, and I think at least two of those were won in very controversial circumstances. But in recent years, Nigeria have had the upper hand. In 2019, they beat um, uh, Cameroon. And again, in 2021, they also beat um, Cameroon. So it's, and when you look at the way the two sides have been, you've got to look at and think Nigeria's got this one. Uh, will Onana start? Um, I don't think so. I mean, he came in, had a very poor game, um, got himself dropped, and then um, his cousin, um, Ondoa, came in, had a great game uh, as Cameroon won. So, I mean, if it ain't broke, why fix it? Has this been a big distraction for Cameron? Obviously, we've talked about a lot of here, given the circumstances led up to him leaving Manchester United to go then to the Ivory Coast. Um, it's been a big topic of conversation, that's for certain. And it, it's always something that goes around with Onana and the Cameroon team. If you remember, somewhere around 2017, he um, uh, withdrew himself or sort of retired from the national team and then, you know, missed out on their um, title victory and then he came back. And so it's just not been the same since uh, that time. And I think that, you know, this whole back and forth has been a big distraction. I don't think it's, um, he, he's... Uh, focused enough and even when he came in he was upset he didn't get to play the game even when he came in on time for it and then he comes in the, makes two major gaps cost them the game and then you know really I don't think they need um, the Onana effect right now in the Cameroon national team uh, That's of course been a big story but surely the biggest of them all has surrounded the host Ivory Coast who sacked their manager in the morning and qualify in the afternoon <laughs> this, is, this is Hollywood stuff Colin it's crazy 
Look, there's no way you guys can say you're not getting entertainment from the Africa <laughs> Cup of Nations. What other tournament gives you the sort of entertainment that you get from the Africa Cup of Nations? I'll tell you what, none. Zero. Not even not the FIFA World Cup, not the Euros, not anything else. The AFCON is a special tournament, and the only place you get these um, sort of drama, excitement, and everything is the Africa Cup of Nations. And, you know, Cote d'Ivoire, the only big host to say who have been eliminated in the group stage before. It happened, I think, in 84, and it almost happened again this um, this time. But they've scaled through that, um, fired the coach, brought him back, and they have a former coach, um, uh, Avery Renal, waiting in the wings. Um, the French Federation have said they are happy to loan him to Cote d'Ivoire if he's needed. So that, that, there's a lot of stuff going on there in Cote d'Ivoire. How has this happened? How have they been so bad, Colin? Sometimes these things are hard to explain, to be honest. I mean, you had a host, you expected to do well, um, and then you get in the combination of nerves, um, bad tactics, and players just not doing um, what they need to do, and this is the result, you know? But again, look, here's the thing. They, they, they go in there, they're in knockout stage now, and then you saw the celebrations from on the streets when um, uh, they found their qualified fans pouring in there. And before that, destruction of property when they thought they were out. So this might just be the spark they need yep. to go all the way to the final. Well, that was going to be my next question. Are they going to do an Argentina, of course, who lost to Saudi Arabia and then went all the way and won the World Cup? Can Ivory Coast do the same? Or do you think they'll do the same? It's, it's very, very possible. Look, they've got the quality and now they've got the kick of the backside that they need. So, I mean, if this doesn't push them all the way to the final, nothing will. Uh, meanwhile, we'll see Egypt in action, of course, taking on Congo without uh, Mohamed Salah. How has the fact that he left Egypt, the camp, and went to Liverpool being received uh, within this tournament? Um, it's led to a bit of division. I mean, you have the Salah fans who, no matter what he does, will back him to the death and they support his um, decision to go. And then you have the ones who feel that it's um, disrespectful to the national team and the country and it's a bit disloyal to, to them for him to leave. But the fact is that Salah himself wanted to stay and the team's medical team, uh, came, officials came out and said, hey, look, he wanted to stay, um, but the decision was made between the team and Liverpool for him to go and get um, the treatment. So, But those who uh, feel like he's disrespectful were thinking, look, it's just a hamstring injury. You can stay there as a captain, give your teammates support, and help them get all the way to um, the an African, an African Nations Cup title. But hey, like I said, you know, it's divided the country down the line. You have those who support him, and then, of course, you have those who want, um, you know, who want his head on the, on the plate. And meanwhile, much to the delight, obviously, of Athletic Club Ghana out of the tournament. We saw Williams coming back and scoring an extra time against Barcelona. You look at the quality within this Ghana side and it's, well, you have to ask what happened to them. You know, Ghana are a bit like Nigeria. This organization is their middle name. And, you know, you, I mean, this goes all the way back to 2017, 2019. In three Africa Cup of Nations, Ghana have only won one game. The last title they won was almost over 30 years ago. And they've been on almost like a disaster train uh, for the last three, four Afghans. And, and it's, it's terrible. They haven't, they've only won one game in 10. That's not good enough for a country like Ghana. Even qualifying, you know, they needed what? A last-minute goal to qualify against them in a group that had teams like Central Africa Republic. You know, Ghana need a massive reorganization within the team. I mean, look at Inaki Williams. He goes back to his club, 
comes on as a sub and makes an instant impact. And then he comes to Ghana and, you know, the rest of the team is just um, almost almost crap. Like, somebody was pointing out, I was talking to a few Ghanaians here when we were watching the game and they were like, look, before before Dede Ayu came on, uh, Jordan Ayu was hugging the ball on the side on the sidelines. As soon as I did the Dede came on, he started crossing the ball, you know, into the box. So these are the little um, micro disorganizations within the Ghana team that is reflective of an even bigger problem that starts from the federation and goes all the way uh, into the team. Of course, objectively, you say that Nigeria are going to go all the way and win this tournament, Colin. Who are you most worried about? Um. To start with, I am worried about Cameroon to start with just um, in this game now. I, I feel like Nigeria can beat Cameroon, but when these two teams meet, it's always 50-50. In 2006, when, when the God of Africa were supposed to meet at, um, some Nigerians were packing their bags already and heading home, and then Nigeria won the game. Same thing in 2019, you know, people were thinking, oh, it's Cameroon, we're done, and they won the game. So with Nigeria, Cameroon is always 50-50, so that's a concern. Uh, beyond that, you've got to look at Morocco, who are in the same bracket with um, Nigeria and think these are a very difficult team. The rest, I think the Supergroups are, are, are a tournament team. They are capable of handling um, most teams. So I look at Mor- Cameroon to start with, and I look if they get past, I look at Morocco. And then beyond that, I think the only other team that I think uh, Nigeria should be worried about would be um, uh, Senegal and, and, and Egypt. Great stuff, Colin. Don't go anywhere because I had a lot of questions that people have sent in to ask you on Extra Time. Uh, We'll, of course, be addressing that over on our YouTube channel. Be sure to join us. Speaking of YouTube, there we are. Beautiful. Uh, FC is available to subscribe to. Uh, Be sure to go over and do exactly that. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. 
Oh, oh, oh is, this back. is this the first ones of the year? Yeah. Okay, here we go then. Let's I'm, listen I'm, to this I'm, nonsense. I may see this done. Some of my best work yet. Well, your bar, the you bar is low. You can't. Leverkusen top. I don't think you can question that. No, Le no, Liverpool, even though they draw, they're through to the final. So they, they, they're second. Juventus are on an incredible run yes. in a third. Yeah. Giroud in a fourth, even though they lost in the cup. But I'm, I'm loving everything that Giroud are doing right now. City, Real Madrid, Intel pushing Juventus all the way. PSG are there. They, they're on a green right? You know, I, I, I'm not overly enamored with PSG. I, all right, Shane, a little bit of bias coming in, man. Yeah, yeah, because I just feel they promise so much more. But right. anyway, okay. Galatasaray and Sporting uh, make up, make up the, the, the bottom two. Just well, you're just saying those names now. No, no, well... I'm, I'm trying to remember what, what it was. Sporting are second, but they are still in, in second by goal difference uh, to Porto, but they're still in, they're still in the cup, <laughs> yes, so they, yep. they get the nod over Porto. Yeah, okay. And then Galatasaray. Yep. Yep. Beautiful. Uh, Don? <laughs> Nothing to add. Shaka, Shaka, Shaka. Inter Milan are unbeaten in 14 games, and they're below Man City, who are unbeaten in three games. How does that work? Because Man City are defending champ. Man City are the best team right now. But they're unbeaten in three games, Shaq. I don't, nobody can argue with that. Inter Milan is second in the table. Man City are second in the table. That's all. Be of yourself. Be, be yourself. Nah, I'm, I'm having City over, Juve, over, over Inter. You know what Don's like this Italian? He loves no, he, it. He uh, loves it. I don't, yeah. When I seen Juve on there, I was desperate to try and dig something out. And I was going... Oh, so I looked at the league table and I said, oh, they've gone top since I've been away. Oh. Juve have gone top, unbeaten 16. I was, like, devastated. Yeah, yeah. And everyone is when they just can't pick holes in it, Shane. Yeah. I think Athletic Club got a good shout as well, by the way. Being Barcelona in the cup, lost one in 14, of course, in La Liga. Yeah, yeah but where are they? Fourth? Yeah, fourth. Uh, sure. No, you don't have fourth place teams. Yeah, no, yeah. no, that's, yeah, that's yeah, that. That's, yeah. A, that's a stretch. Um, all right, there we are. We, yeah, I think we've done that now. Oh, we just get to say goodbye. Hey. Oh, perfect. There we are. Uh, that's it then. That brings us to the end of today's show. Don't forget tomorrow, a monster day here on ESPN Plus with those two big FA Cup ties. And then, of course, the, follow the show will follow directly after that. But stay tuned now for extra time. Welcome in there to the latest edition of Extra Time. Shaka Hislop with me here in the studio. Uh, Don Hutchinson also joins us. And the first time a long time, Colin Udo is oh, with us as okay. well. Before we get to the questions, you yes. said something during your show. You can watch two games at once on, on ESPN+. It depends. Like if you're watching it on, for example, I watch mine on my um, Xbox. Oh, with two different devices. No, same device, but it same gives device. you the opposite of, of multiple, multiple screens. Really? Yes, but it's only, only with different platforms in which you watch it. So if you have an Xbox, sign into ESPN+, bish, bash, bosh, there you go. Also, oh, I, I can't just do it on my phone. I can't watch multiple games on my phone or on my iPad. I don't or... know why you won't have to pick, pick holes in our boss's platform, Jack. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out what I can watch. <laughs> I'm just saying, well, you can have one on your phone and one on the TV then. Yeah, well, that's what I do now. But the way you made it sound, you made it sound as though I could watch both at the same well, it time. Depends. Do you have an Xbox? Watch it on there. I do have an Xbox. Right. Oh, this is live, chat. We can't edit all this nonsense out. Right, there we are. Uh, sorry about this, Colin. Welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, uh, meanwhile, we've got to talk about what Don learned today as we were preparing My for the show. Days. Yeah. What, what did you learn, Don? Mind blown. Okay, tell us. Well, um, you know tech's not my friend. 
Yes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I got my laptop, I switched it on, I've been away for a couple of weeks, I've done all the notifications, I've done all the stuff that makes it sort of super duper. And then I got asked a question from one of the girls in the gallery, the boss, and I've gone like that. Two thumbs up. Yeah. And that's happened. <laughs> <laughs> What's happened there? And apparently if you do two thumbs down, I oh. think rain comes or something. Oh, oh, yes. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Mate, if Burley's ever doing a show from home, <laughs> he's just having hey. the rain yeah. all the time on him. All sorts oh, going on. That's great. I know. Look, Look at me. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh dear me, look at this. Honestly. And my son calls me a boomer. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right then, let's get to the big questions. Does Shaka tie his own tie? His tie knots are always impeccable. Yeah, yeah I do. Of course I do. Who has to tie my tie? I don't know, maybe you'll ask me to do it. You? <laughs> I've never seen you in a tie dye. I'd have to have one of those police ones. You know, yeah. Let's yeah, yeah. clip on to uh, you. Thank get you very much for noticing my tie is always well done. Right, Colin. God, this is this is mean, considering you've been away for a while. Colin, which uh, Nigeria loss in AFCON hurt the most? Oh, man. The Tunisia one hurt in. me, and I'm not even Nigerian. No, could you repeat that? In the history of AFCON, which Nigeria loss hurt you the most? Oh, that's that's easy. The 2000 African Cup final against Cameroon at home in Lagos. I remember missing a penalty. I was totally and completely heartbroken. It was our Afcon. We were at home, and everybody expected us to win. Cameroon went two goals up. We came back two-two. It went to penalties, and you know, I had a penalty that everybody thought was a miss, but it was a goal. And Trust me, till tomorrow, nobody in Nigeria forgets the name of Mora Dami, Tunisian referee, and I'm not alone. Almost every other Nigerian who's a football fan who watched that game remains heartbroken about that one till tomorrow. At least everyone seems to have got over it quite nicely. <laughs> 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 Just moved on. <laughs> uh, that's oh, it. Man. Uh, Don, um, Don, which African player, past or present, would you have enjoyed playing alongside? Ooh, that's oh, you know what I'm going to say. Colin knows what I'm going to say. Victor Osimhen. Oh, George Ware. It's got to be George Ware. Got to oh, be. What a player. Yeah. What a player. Oh. Uh, we've got a question, what actually, Osman. Uh, a little bit later on. Uh, GG Akocha, that's a winner right yes. there. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Samuel Eto, oh. yeah, it's a good list. Oh, I like that. Uh, oh, right, right. Yeah, I'm getting all excited. <laughs> okay. I carry on, down. Oh, thank you. Uh, what type of effect will the African Cup of Nations have on Onana's season, Shaka? How did you find it transitioning between international duties as a goalkeeper? No well, you weren't as much trouble, let's be honest. What? You weren't as much trouble as Onana seems to have been. No, well, I mean, the whole history, well, certainly recent history with Onan and the national team and, and song is, is just an odd one. I, I, I don't think that this helps. Um, for me, I, I loved going back to, to play for Trinidad and Tobago. It was, it was always a, a welcome kind of welcome change. I'm not sure that Onana's thinking the same right now, again, given, given that, that kind of relationship. Um, I, I don't think it. I, the two are very separate, and, and I think players compartmentalise really well in, in that regard. Colin, what have uh, the Cameroon fans made of this, the Onana and Son situation? Well, look, it can't get any worse, can it? I mean, he's bad <laughs> enough at Man United. He comes to Cameroon, it's even worse. So I don't think it gets any worse than this. Again, you know, Cameroon just want to win. And, you know, Onana came in, they were happy to see him come. 
and then he comes in and makes two errors. I had people who were actually fighting me on social media, arguing that he didn't make any mistake in that game. Uh, and then you had those who were almost, I mean, they just wanted to get on the screen and grab him and, you know, do some good <laughs> things to him for the mistakes he made. So it's divided opinion, but really, I think at the end of the day, um, the distraction is not necessary. Uh, we talked about this on the show, and they, the people, a lot of people have been asking this, Colin. How have the Ivory Coast capitulated so badly? Do you think sacking the manager at this stage is a good decision when they have a round of 16 match so soon? Look, it, it's never a good decision to sack the manager. And I think the Cote d'Ivoire Federation, you know, um, took a knee-jerk reaction. Because, look, everybody knew they weren't out yet and they were in a good position to advance with their um, points and goal difference. But they chose to, to fire the manager. And then midway through, they were like, oh, oops, oops, looks like <laughs> we made a mistake. So <laughs> let the manager do his job up until the point where, you know, um, you know, it's completely and totally, um, I mean, the, the damage is completely done. And then you can let him go. There's little else that can be lost from here. So I, I think that, that that was a knee-jerk reaction that was not necessary and um, they should stick with him until the end of the tournament, at least, or until the end of their tournament, wherever that is. Uh, this question is for Colin. Does he think Osman will be a good signing for Chelsea? Oh, yes, I think. I, I think so. Look, Chelsea, uh, interestingly, have been really good to Nigeria players. Um, Salesen Babayaro has been there, did great. Um, John Michele being went there and did great. And even Mike Emanuel, even though he wasn't a player, was there and did good. I think his son is even now being um, fast-tracked to, uh, to the youth ranks at Chelsea. So I think Chelsea will be a great place for Victor Simen. The one place I wouldn't like to see him go, no matter what happens and no matter how much money they give him, is Manchester United. Where do you, oh. thi- where do you think he will go, Colin? Uh. Um, to be honest... I don't know at this time. Um, I think he will go. To, he, he probably will end up in the Premier League. Where I don't know to be to be to be honest. Where would you go, Don? Don't say anything. If I was lost to men, well, yes. I mean, listen, you want to go to the biggest clubs in the world, and that's Real Madrid. You know, you want to you want to go there. But what's happened with Kylian Mbappe? There's every chance that he's going to go there on a free in the summer. Can they afford to pay the the, the buyout clause of about 130 million? Probably not on top of the wages that Mbappe is going to demand. I think if you're awesome men, try the Premier League, come to the Premier League, but there's only a handful of clubs. I Which say club, handful, Don? Not I don't need a big lecture. Him. Which club would you go to if you were him in the Premier League? Well, if I was him in the Premier League, I'd go to Liverpool. <laughs> right, right, there but we go. Go yeah. there. But I want to know why Colin doesn't want to see uh, Austin men at Manchester United. Why? Oh, why, oh no, they're, they're, why do you hate Manchester, Manchester United, United, Colin? Look, Manchester United right now are a place where great players go to that. So I well, Chelsea is much see... better. Well, Chelsea, like I said, Chelsea have got antecedents with you know helping Nigeria players develop and, and, and reach their potential. And if he doesn't make it there, he can always go elsewhere and, and get better. But Manchester United right now is not the place for Simeon to be. Here we go, Colin. This is a very easy question for you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> start, bench, That's or drop. Here we go. These so rank oh, these three African legends. No. Samuel Eto, George Weah, oh, JJ Okocha. Oh. Sorry. Oh. Okay. Uh, I think. What, what was the question? So you've got to start one, you've got to drop one, and you've got to bench uh, one. Bench one. But if he was if he wasn't the Afghan, I'd definitely start Samuel Eto. Now, if he was. Outside the AFCON and say maybe in Europe, I start George Weir. 
you know, I, I'll start George Ware and bench um, Eto. But if it was AFCON, I'm definitely starting somewhere Eto and um, benching George Ware. And JJ's gone. That's it. Uh, well, I mean, like I said, it depends on where, on, on where it is. I mean, if it's, if it's the AFCON, I'm starting Eto, benching um, JJ and dropping Ware. If it's in oh. Europe, I'm, I'm starting Ware, benching um, uh, Eto, and unfortunately, my, my man JJ misses out. <laughs> what are you doing? Huh? I'm starting George Ware. At the AFCON? Nah, Ware didn't do anything at the AFCON. I'm, no, I'm not just at the picking, AFCON. I'm, so. I'm, I'm picking a team for everything here. Right. <laughs> Um, I'm, I love I love Samuel Eto. I love George Weah and 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 and, and, Kocha. and so I'm finding it really hard to say Ben Samuel Eto. Who does that? Find it even harder to say drop JJ Kocha. Who does that? But unfortunately, that's that's that's, that's, that's my three. Don. Well, if we're dropping JJ Kocha, is that him dropped from the team altogether? Yes. Yeah, it's harsh that in it. I want to play all three. I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you, Don. I want to play all three. I think if I'm picking a game to win tomorrow, I'm picking George Weyer up front. I'm putting Eto on the bench and I'm right. dropping JJ Kocha. There you go. Uh, Obliby- uh, oh, by the way, Don, how was Hong Kong? You were there. Louis, Louis Garcia uh, was there as well, wasn't he? Louis, Louis was, was there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, played in him. It was a Paul Scholes 11 um, versus a Michael Owen 11. And their team, by the way, was ridiculous. They had Ryan Giggs. They had Figo, they had Gilberto <laughs> Silva, who looked about 25. They had Perez, who looked about 26. Wow. They were ridiculous. Uh, and we had Luis Garcia. Oh, no. So I guess you lost, Don, yes? No, he was brilliant. We lost 5-2. And what was your uh, mark out of 10? What did the newspapers give you? Uh, probably about a four, because I got nowhere near Figo. I bounced off him like you wouldn't believe. And he scored oh. a hat-trick. I played centre-half. <laughs> and then I saw you got Luis Figo's shirt afterwards, which I imagine if Craig and Stevie here would shout at you for quite a lot for that. It was, do you know what it was? He was he was so nice. He was ruthless during the game. Like, he was still got the ability. He was still wanting to score, like, ridiculous goals. He scored a hat-trick and the high-caliber goals were amazing. But, like, he was chatting away, chatting away, chatting away. And I was just having that much of a nightmare against him. I thought, but nowhere near him. I might as well take one of the twins... I might as well get a shirt for one of the twins. And I asked him, oh. he went pushkan. Oh, it's for the kids now. As we are. Exactly. That's it. So you got one twin a shirt and not the other. So well, you give it to was a shirt, shirt twin. And I went, that's for two of you. Share it. Ah. Uh, uh, but I the see. football yeah. one, the football one took it and the other one went, I'm all right. Oh, you should have got him something. And what about the baby? He don't need nothing yet. He's causing havoc. <laughs> He's causing havoc. Uh, obligatory percentage question, Don. What's the percentage chance Spurs finish top four? I think 50-50. I think between them and Villa. Yeah. I think the top three, yeah, the top three in any order um, is pretty much set. Um, but I think fourth is Villa at the minute and Tottenham, 50-50. Final question, Shaka. What non-football sporting event that you've never been to, would you like to go to in person? NBA Finals. Yes? Yeah. <laughs> Why? Well, because you know me, you know me, Dad. But I've, 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 I've been to the Olympics. All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I mean, so other than that, well, I, I, you know, other than that, what, what else, what else is there? Super Bowl. Oh, no, I don't, I don't fancy that. No, no, no. fair enough. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll watch that on TV. Yeah, well, you fell asleep at the World Cup Finals. Well, so no, it the... was not the World Cup Finals. It was a warm-up game. Yeah, right. Uh, Colin, where, where, which event would you like to go to that you haven't been to that's non-football? What event would I like to go to that is non-football? Yeah. Um, non-football or non-sport? Well, is it non-sport or just anything except football? You can you can go with anything you well, want. Wherever you want. Yeah. All right. I, all right. All right. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm... <laughs> okay. So I, I, there, there's this um, thing that happens in TNT, like uh, I think like um, uh, a festival sort of. I'd love definitely love to go there with Shaka, but oh, outside carnival. of that, the, the Super Bowl. Uh, Super Bowl and Carnival. There we go. Have you yeah, seen Shaka in his feathers? Exactly. If Shaka's going to take me, I'm down for that. Hey, uh, no, let's go. It's on, Colin. It's on. There you go. Uh, what about you, Don? <laughs> no mention to me there, Colin. Shaka, am I not invited? <laughs> well, I'm, worried, I'm worried what would happen to your eyebrows in the Trinidad Tobago sun. Imagine me up with Carnival. You'd never see me ever again. <laughs> uh, what do you want to do, Don? I think I'm with Shaq, but I want to be transported to sort of... When did Jordan play? Late 80s? Early 90s? I don't yeah. that's, that's, that's trans- the it's golden It's a time era. machine. you got to go well, back in time and watch Colin doesn't even want to go to a sporting event. He wants to go to a <laughs> carnival. <laughs> a Super Bowl. You've got a time machine going back. Oh, let's go back to 1966. Watch that. Don't want to go back to Wembley when he scored against England. Hanging on about that. Well, uh, right, right, Don where, where would you like to go? What would you like uh, to do? Top of my head, Pebble Beach. Golf. Pebble Beach, golf. Ah, oh, done that as well. Where would you like to go? Ah, oh, cricket, cricket in the West Indies would be fantastic. Oh, magic! How cool would that it be? Is magic. That'd yeah, be really yeah, awesome. I'd very I've been much there enjoy too. that. Or Australia as well. Um, that is it. Thank you very much. Cheers, Colin. Thank you, Don. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow for more uh, to see what else Don has learned. <laughs> uh, and of course, reflecting on Spurs against City and Chelsea Villa. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They're the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled, and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C, ebikes.com.